Oh, 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
יום שבת מנוחה, כל המתענגים Thank <laughs> you. 
You don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha But you gotta be Besimcha to be Breslau No, you don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha But you gotta be Besimcha to be a year Now you don't have to be Chabad to want Mashiach You gotta want Mashiach to be a year. Now you don't have to be a Tzioyi to love Eretz Yisrael. But you gotta love Eretz Yisrael to be a year. Oh no, you don't have to be a Midbar to learn the Torah.
Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. The Promise done by Aryeh Kunstler. What a song. That is a great selection. Um, before that, Birchas Chodesh, as we get set to Bentros Chodesh. That was um, 
Leif Tahor here at JMM. To be a Yid, that's Joey Newcomb. You heard the Leil Shabbat medley, that's Micha Gammerman, Mimkomcha. From Leva Nefesh, Yehuda Green, and Yankee Lemmer, three of them, as uh, pointed out by uh, listener Tikva in Petach Tikva. Three Mimkomchas in a row. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this January the 8th of 2021, day 24 in the month of Teves, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Olive. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmos. Candle lighting. Yeah, we'll start the book of Shmos. Candle lighting time on this Erev Shabbos in New York is 426. 426. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 426. Candle lighting in the New York area. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Thursday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Thursday, which means Tubi Shvat's going to be on the final Thursday of January. Uh, give me some Tubi Shvat. Give me some springtime. <laughs> Although I really can't complain much about this winter, frankly. 30 degrees, 72% humidity. Windsor West at 6 miles an hour. Partly cloudy with a high of 43. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 29. Shabbos looks good, mostly sunny with a high of 40 degrees. 62 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 30 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Harry Rothenberg, 20 minutes from now in Parsha Shmos, or by Uden, of course, at 8.15 in Parsha Shmos. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We will ask him what he thinks of what's going on in Washington and Jerusalem and a whole bunch of other cities around the world. It's all happening during the weekly update. Again, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. The weekly update with uh, Malcolm Honline. And we will go through... Um, the news of the week, and there is a lot of news to discuss. That's for sure. Um, so we'll have that for you this morning at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the a.m. Full Friday, as you can imagine, includes the Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Includes the Arab Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That goes on all day long. Includes the final hour, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at about, I guess, at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern time later today. And um, Naomi Nachman with a brand new edition of Table for Two coming up starting at the 9 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. So a full schedule, a full plate, a full show. There is so much going on, it's simply remarkable full of great programming here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, don't forget, we have the Kosher Halftime Show happening on February the 7th. If you have images, if you have pictures, videos of pleasant and wonderful events that happened, uh, I don't know, graduation, bar mitzvah, wedding, engagement, anything uh, that happened, an event that happened in 2020, we want to emphasize the positive of 2020. Send those pictures and videos to K at gmail.com, M-E-I-R, K-A-Y at gmail.com, subject line, NSN Positive Moments. NSN Positive Moments. Get them to uh, Mayor K at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. And you may be included. Your picture and video may be included in the 2021 Kosher Halftime Show presented by our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm. Thank you to the Rothenberg family. Thank you, InjuryLawyer.com. Thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm for sponsoring the 2021 Kosher Halftime Show. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
לכם כמו בבת, נעים שמכם ולא יושפט, שבונחו ביום שבת. דרורי כלבנים בת, ויצורכם כמו בבת, נעים שמכם ולא יושפט, שבונחו ביום שבת. דרוש נביא, ואולמים, ועוד ישר, עשה עימים, נטע שורק בתוך כרמים, ששבת
It's not, it's not always easy to get up in the morning to serve Hashem. One thing I need to remember to repeat to myself. So 
Goldwag, Yisgaber is the name of that one. Ain Kolokainu from Shlaimi Gertner, Udi Davidi Hadroyi Kran. You heard the promise from Arye Kunstler. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world of web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. In the background, Galei Tzal. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is Thursday. Thursday is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Again, Rosh Chodesh on Thursday. And the Tu B'Shvat will be two weeks from Thursday. How do you like that? I better start preparing Mayor Weingarten for our Tu B'Shvat special. Actually, he should start preparing me, frankly. <laughs> that would be more accurate. Candle lighting in New York, 426 on an Arab Shabbos Parsha Shmos. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Check out your candle lighting wherever city you're in. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. צומצמת למקומות עבודה חיוניים. הגבלת אלף המטרים נותרה על כנה למעט ספורט יחיד.
יחידני, עדיין אסורה השהייה בביתו של אדם אחר. ההתקהלויות צומצמו לחמישה אנשים בלבד במקום סגור ועשרה בשטח פתוח. הטיסות מוגבלות גם הן, רק מי שרכש כרטיס טיסה לפני הסגר יורשה לטוס. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מציינת כי ההפגנות ותפילות מותרות במרחב הציבורי בלבד. שר החינוך יואב גלנט ימונה לשר ההשכלה הגבוהה והמשלימה במקום השר זאב אלקין שהתפטר. השר יובל שטייניץ יחליף אותו במשרד משאבי המים. שני התיקים היו במקור בידי משרדי החינוך והאנרגיה, אך פוצלו לאחר הבחירות האחרונות. בנוסף, השר איציק שמולי ימונה לשר לשוויון חברתי במקום מירב כהן. כתבנו דורון קדוש מציין כי הממשלה מאשרת בשעה זו את המינויים במשאל טלפוני, והם יהיו תקפים עד הרכבת הממשלה הבאה. המשטרה עצרה שני חשודים במעורבות בניסיון דריסת השוטרים בחיפה הלילה ותבקש להאריך את מעצרם בבית משפט השלום בעיר. במהלך האירוע הרכב פרץ מחסום משטרתי, דרס שוטר שהורה לו לעצור ונמלט מהמקום. תוך ניסיון הימלטות מהניידת ירו השוטרים לעבר הרכב ואחד הנוסעים נפצע באורח קשה. כתבנו קובי מנדל מציין כי הוא מאושפז עתה בבית החולים רמב"ם בחיפה כשהוא מורדם ומונשם. האירוע נבדק במחלקה לחקירות שוטרים. עשרות פלסטינים מפגינים בשעה זו באזור יטא בדרום הר חברון במחאה על ירי לוחמי צה"ל בתושב האזור הרון אבו ערם בשבוע שעבר. כתבנו ביהודה ושומרון שחר גליק מוסר שכוחות הצבא מנסים לפזר את ההמון באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות. נער בן 16 נפצע באורח קשה מפיצוץ באזור בסיס צה"ל באזור הר חברון. כתבנו רמי שני מציין כי צוות מד"א פינה אותו לבית החולים סורוקה בבאר שבע במצב לא ידוע. חבלני משטרה הוזעקו לבדיקת נסיבות האירוע. נדחה הדיון המתוכנן לשבוע הבא במשפט ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו, זאת בגלל הסגר המהודק. החלטת השופטים מגיעה לאחר הודעת הנהלת בתי המשפט ושר המשפטים בני גנץ. גנץ מסר בתגובה על ההחלטה, זוהי עוד הוכחה לכך שמערכת המשפט בישראל עצמאית, עניינית ולא רודפת את נתניהו. כתבנו לענייני משפט יובל הראל מציין כי עדיין לא נקבע מועד חדש לדיון, ולכן ייתכן שהשינוי יוביל לדחייה גם בשלב ההוכחות המתוכנן לחודש הבא. תחזית מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית עד בהיר והטמפרטורות גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. בערי הצפון והמרכז תנשבנה רוחות מזרחיות ערות. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת. פרשת שמות, שבת מברכים לחודש שבט. בירושלים בארבע ושתים עשרה דקות, בתל אביב תיכנס השבת בארבע שלושים ושלוש, בחיפה בארבע ועשרים, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע שלושים וחמש. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים בחמש שלושים ואחת, בתל אביב בחמש שלושים ושתיים, בחיפה בחמש וחצי ובבאר שבע תצא השבת בחמש שלושים וארבע. לכל מאזינינו, שבת שלום. אלה החדשות. Thank you. 
Shamru and Vayichulu, done by Schlock Rock from a Shabbat in Liverpool. Thank you, Lenny Solomon, the king of Schlock. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's a good song. I like it. Or a good adaptation, I should say. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us coming up. It's the weekly update. It'll be happening at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app. For Android and iPhone, um, feel free to comment away. Uh, as I introduce Harry Rothenberg with his words about Parsha Shmos, I remind you that the Rothenberg Law Firm presents our Kosher Halftime Show 2021. And right now we're looking for videos and pictures of wonderful things that have happened during 2020. We want to emphasize the positive. If you have videos and pictures of bar mitzvahs and weddings and engagements and nice moments, that happened during 2020, send them to mayork at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Send in those photos, those pictures. Use the subject line in the email, NSN Positive Moments, NSN Positive Moments, and we thank you very, very much. Uh, Harry Rothenberg has words about Parsha Shmos. Here he is at JM in the AM. Moses, Moshe, is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and he's brought up in the palace. He becomes the overseer of the palace until one day when he sees an Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian man, brutally beating a Jew, and he decides to get involved. He defends the Jew, and in doing so, he kills the Egyptian man. Word gets back to Pharaoh about Moshe's betrayal, and Moshe's forced to flee for his life. He's a fugitive. He ends up in Midian, where he meets the daughters of Yisro, Jethro, his future father-in-law. They're being harassed by some shepherds. He goes to protect them, rescues them, and waters their sheep. They come home, and their father, Yisro, says to them, how'd you get home so quickly today? Record-setting time. And they say, an Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian man, rescued us from the shepherds and watered our sheep. It's chilling. 
the Torah uses the same phrase, Ish Mitzri, Egyptian man, within several passages of each other to describe both the brutal taskmaster who was beating a Jew and Moshe, greatest person who ever lived. The commentators explain in a fashion that I wouldn't be comfortable saying on my own that due to this episode, Moshe failed to merit burial in the Holy Land in Israel. He had the opportunity to identify himself as a Jew and he didn't. And so he was buried outside the promised land. He could have said to Yisro's daughters, ladies, it was nice to meet you. And by the way, I'm Moshe Schwartz from Brooklyn. He passed up that opportunity. Contrast that with the earlier stories involving Yosef, Joseph, who always went out of his way to make sure that people knew that he was Jewish. His master's wife described him as an Ivri, a Hebrew. The wine minister described him as the same way. No matter the situation, the circumstance, or who was involved, he always made sure that people knew that he was Jewish and proud of it. He merited, unlike Moshe, burial in Israel. His bones were taken up from Egypt and buried in the Promised Land. One commentator says that we learn from this story involving Moshe that if you overhear a conversation and it's become obvious that people in the room who are talking about you don't think you're Jewish, you have to correct them. You have to say, actually, I am Jewish. Maybe awkward, maybe uncomfortable, but you've got to represent the Jewish people and make it known that you're a Jew. Many years ago, a very well-known celebrity, early in his career, I don't want to say who because maybe he'd be embarrassed if he heard reminders of what perhaps was a youthful mistake. He was being interviewed on the David Letterman show, and Letterman asked him, what's it like being a Jew in your profession? And he turned to Letterman and he answered in pig Latin, Dave, Ixne on the UJ, Nix the Jew. He could have said, that's right, I'm Jewish and I'm proud of it. And instead it was Nix the Jew, change the topic, I don't want to talk about that. Nowadays, you never know when you might be in the wrong place at the wrong time and do the wrong thing. It gets captured on video and then the internet sleuths track down your identity and who you are and that you're Jewish and you will have misrepresented the Jewish people. Or you could be in the right place at the right time, do the right thing. And similarly, they track you down, find out who you are and it goes viral and you get all this fame and praise. Why not share that praise with the Jewish people? burnish our reputation. Instead of nixing the Jew, make sure to always properly represent your Jewish faith and heritage.
J.M. in the A.M., that's uh, Maishi Tischler. Have I ever told you about the value of uh, promo code radio? Anybody out there know the value of promo code radio? Let me give you an example. Go to artscroll.com. Uh, go to artscroll.com and um, purchase any of the 3,000 titles that you'll find on that website. Use promo code radio, 10% off, free shipping, no minimum. 10% off, free shipping, no minimum with promo code radio. 10% off, no minimum, free shipping with promo code radio. That's what the value of promo code radio is at artscroll.com. In addition, we have friends at A&H. In fact, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H, where you can enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today and use that promo code. So there are two perfect examples of promo code radio coming through for our listeners. Yeah. Two perfect examples. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is promo code radio and the beauty of it. Take advantage, whether it's at the Art Scroll website at artscroll.com or, of course, at A&H for kosherdogs.net. Always use promo code radio and enjoy. More coming up 17 minutes after the hour. This is JM in the AM. I'm 
Aleichem, 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 Aleichem,
a different walk With confidence in your stride When you think of Ashen's love And you know you're always on his mind There's a light you've got to shine A job no one else can do Ashen's giving you the tools Now the rest comes down to you
J.M. in the A.M. with Hanavim Hanavim. It's uh, Yossi Green, of course. Yigdal was done by Lipa. Sheves Haverim with the song Hashem Loves You. Shalom Aleichem. That was H here at J.M. in the A.M. <sighs> what can I tell you? This is some world we're living in, to say the least, and we'll analyze some of that... Uh, some of what this world has to offer when uh, Malcolm Honline joins us. We're just minutes away from our weekly update. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up at JM in the AM. want to remind everybody, it's the last day of the uh, Shop Eichler's Tzitzis Sale. Today is the final day of the Shop Eichler's Tzitzis Sale. Everything in their Tzitzis department online at shopeichlers.com is 10% off. But today's the last day, so make sure to place that order before candlelighting time. And don't forget, they've got same-day delivery. You could explore that and find out more details by going to shopbyclose.com. But places like Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Thomas River, and Jackson, New Jersey are enjoying same-day delivery, shopbyclose.com. Check out the website. Since the sale ends today, shopbyclose.com. Check it out and enjoy. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at 426. Weekly update on the way. This is brand new from Dovi Shapiro, and you're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Idan Chadash, brand new Dovi Shapiro. Before that, Yossi Green here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, Parsha Shmos, candle lighting at 426 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Well, Bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is on Thursday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat, a one-day Rosh Chodesh, will be on Thursday. Keep that in mind. And um, I remind you that our Kosher Halftime Show happens on February the 7th. That is a Super Bowl Sunday, and we are asking everybody to send in so that Mayor Kay can incorporate it into our very 2021-themed kosher halftime show. Uh, send in the pictures and videos of positive things that happened in 2020. We are we are rightfully concentrating often on the negative things of 2020. Can't avoid that. Uh, but there are some positive things that went on. If you have uh, photos and pictures of graduations and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and uh, weddings and engagements and other special occasions, uh, we'd love to include that in the Kosher Halftime Show. Uh, just send them to Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. And... Um, Use uh, subject line NSN positive moments, NSN positive moments. And we thank you for participating, and you could actually be part of this year's Kosher Halftime Show. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com gives you an opportunity to print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos and enjoy them at your leisure. Uh, Go to JewishWorldReview.com and uh, make it a habit to go to the website to explore what they have to offer, and on Fridays to print out many, many articles for your reading pleasure. Uh, it's something you'll enjoy, that I can guarantee. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Yeah, Bokatov. But as somebody sent me a, one of those uh, posters, it said, I would like to return 2021. I took the seven-day trial, and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we could have said that about a couple of recent years we've had, to say the <laughs> least. 
Uh, well, with that in mind of what ha- what has been happening over the last week, I will ask you the question that so many listeners have asked me to ask you, and that is what is your impression, your overview of what happened this week in Washington, D.C.? I'd say it's more of a depression over what happened than an impression. I think it's very sad that uh, to see the, the violence in, in, in our capital. People have a right to express their views. They have a right to protest. They have a right to reject uh, anything that they want in a free society. But they don't have a right to, to engage in that kind of violence and violate the institutions. I mean, it's obviously not the first time it's ever happened, and others have engaged in you know, violent demonstrations, uh, but that doesn't justify And you think about the impact in the world, and obviously I follow reaction everywhere to to these things. And uh, it it shocked people because America is different. We're not the other countries of the world where these things happen. So I think it's it's very regrettable. You know, the demonstration could have taken place without this. Um, And unfortunately, I think it tarnishes the president, it tarnishes the country, and you know, did not change the outcome. One of the, and that, and that may be the most important point, one of the things we we tried, and so many tried during the summer when America was filled in its major cities with protests and wanton violence and looting, etc., one of the things that we tried to communicate was that this is counterproductive. This is counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve. Sure. And you just indicated that, that, that demonstrations, protests, you know, obviously have led to change and are, and are a, a positive way of dealing with the, a point of view. And we saw that this week at the beginning of the whole episode. But then what it turned into was so counterproductive and so terrible. And I happen to speak, I'm being serious about this, because there are people here in different shops from different countries. I spoke to someone from Algeria, and he made the following comment to me. He said, this can't happen in America. America leads the world. America doesn't realize Washington is the leader of the world. This gentleman's from the Middle East, and he's acknowledging how what happens in Washington, D.C. is what the entire world eventually will follow. And, and, and all of that, that great responsibility that the U.S. has on its shoulders, and it's sort of like we just, you know, we're ready to just give it up this week. It was a terrible display when you think of the position the U.S. has in the world. Absolutely. There was a, um, an element that was disturbing, and that was, um, I mean, it's always disturbing when the element of anti-Semitism comes up, but there were some disturbing images, some disturbing um, um, uh, rhetoric uh, regarding the Jewish community, uh, you always say, obviously based on history, we know this, that no matter what side you're on or no matter what side is uh, is angry, uh, unfortunately it's the Jews that often are going to be the target no matter what the uh, uh, no matter what the point of view is. Was there that feeling this week? The things I saw and heard are those exceptions? Are you worried that there could be a trend here that one or both sides of this issue could target the Jewish community with rhetoric that's inappropriate? I'm not worried only about the rhetoric. I'm worried about the deeds, because words of, of violence lead to deeds of violence. Words of hate lead to acts of hate. And we have ample reason to see, to, to believe that it, it is happening on all sides. There have been manifestations, extreme right, extreme left, and, and strong trends of anti-Semitism, even with perhaps state involvement. But if you, if you know, uh, if people knew what really is going on on the Internet, they would not be surprised by this. The, the incitement, the constant incitement, the thousands of websites, the manipulation, the, the code words that are adopted 
and by by people who do not know the real significance to see the the ability to manipulate the internet to the purposes of these extremists and the not only do they hack do they uh, infiltrate people's websites but the just the normal operations where and I have been meeting with experts about this who who are monitoring this all the time and it's I'm telling you, it would be sci-fi for me to tell people because they won't believe it. They'll think that this is just another one of those extremist expressions, and, you know, I'm not given to that. And I don't believe in conspiracy theories, and too many in our community seem to. Um, uh, But this is real. And the expressions that we saw there, they were, I think, mild, uh, a minority, small minority within the crowd, uh, but there were Camp Auschwitz shirts, and there was the attack on the Israeli reporter. Um, um, there were a couple people with Israeli flags, and, the, and somebody even brought a Sefer Torah into the into the Capitol, which I think is a desecration. No, that was I, I think that was that was a meme that was created based on the podium that was stolen from the Capitol. I believe. I don't think that was a real. I don't think that was a real. Uh, because it wasn't seen in the demonstration itself, which was what I was going to say, is that it could be a manipulated picture. But it, but so y- y- the problem is that people don't have any faith in what they see, what they read, what they hear. If all, you, if you all don't this, know what is being manipulated. If things were monitored and, and the other side of the internet is monitored the way you're saying, then why wasn't there? Then, then in fact, the Capitol Police are guilty of not being better prepared for this because it seems like. It, it seems like uh, somewhere uh, they were given warning that this type of demonstration or act might occur. So I don't know how what kind of uh, advance warning they had in, in this instance. Um, I'm saying this is in general and the ongoing uh, trends. And, you know, even when you see these guys who are described as lone wolves, often when you check their Internet connections and their you know, who, who they're in touch with and uh, the incitement that comes from various of these sources. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, and we will find out because this has to be investigated. It will be just firing and, and, the, and quitting the jobs by uh, leaders of the police force and others and the sergeants of an arm at, at both the House and the, and the Senate. Uh, that doesn't solve this, that we have to understand much more the dynamic of what happened and what warnings there were. Right, it could true. be spontaneous. It could be that people were looking for. Do you have agitators who infiltrate situations like this, as we saw during the summer? We saw it now, and they take advantage of it. And uh, we, we, the, the fact that there wasn't ample police protection is really inexplicable. Right. Well, there's there are some who claim that now. I mean, people have claimed this after other episodes. Now is the time to leave the U.S., future of the Jewish peoples and state of Israel. I get all that. But for those of us, whether we leave or not, who care about this country, do you think the United States can recover from this? Yes, I think we, we can. We, we recovered from bad things in the past. The problem when, when the president is involved and the leaders of the, our governments are involved and they lose the confidence of the people, that's uh, sad. And then, then you don't have voices of authority. We've seen the reduction of the influence of the church, much like in Europe. We've seen the political divisions, much like in Europe. We see the loss of the political center, like in Europe. Do we want to become Europe? I don't think so. And I hope America is better than that and can rise above it. Uh, I don't think we should mix it with this Ali Ali. It should be a positive right. in, initiative. Agreed. Uh, but but <laughs> I, I hear it 
a lot from people now, and uh, and maybe those who were in the wake of, of a decision, um, weighing a decision to, to go or not, maybe this will tip the balance. Do you but think- we have a lot. We put, but just I want to say that that you know, with all that's going on, and with people obsessed with this, you know, there are a lot of other things happening that are not getting the attention of our elected officials or of yeah. others when government people resign en masse, as we're seeing, then the bad guys take advantage of it. And we have a slew of things this week that took place with Iran. I mean, Iran saying and adopting and debating now a resolution in their list to destroy Israel by 2041. Because, you know, Khamenei had called for it a couple of years ago. I, I discussed it on the show that he had um, in 20... He called for the destruction of Israel by... 2040, and and two years ago, um, uh, they had a big digital clock with the countdown to Israel's destruction in 2040. Now you have a, a, a parliamentary dis- debate while people are saying we should go back to the table with them, we should talk to them, you know, things will be different now, and, and uh, you know, they, they say our Lebanese and Gaza proxies will level Tel Aviv and Haifa. These are exact quotes to the ground, uh, even though Nasrallah said that they were not asked because he's afraid of the retribution saying that the Iraq can handle it themselves. They have not asked us to do it. But they talk openly of the destruction of Israel and nothing. A false accusation against Israel about the vaccines, I know there's a little bit off, but it's very important people put things back into context that uh, that the uh, News Hour, a most respected show, the Guardian runs a major story in England and says Israel is denying the vaccine to the Palestinians, which is a blatant false lie. It's a blood libel, and and so many people ready to pick it up, and it gets repeated and repeated that Israel's denying it to them. When in fact it's the PA that's denying cooperation. Israel offered it. Gaza, it's run by Hamas, runs the health system. They don't want to cooperate. And and all the Arabs in Israel are getting the the uh, inoculations, just like uh, the uh, other citizens, um, in, in the same uh, uh, regimen that the that the uh, Israelis uh, who are Jewish or anything else get it. And the and even those who are living, let's say, in East Jerusalem and don't have Israeli citizenship, they are also eligible for it. So you can have a blood libel like that with a major media buying into it. And a lot of it is under the fog of the moment, which is a very serious time and a very serious uh, um, uh, moment for all of us on, on so many fronts. When you, you look at where the world is, our Shabbat threatens us. They have the terrorist groups around the world taking advantage of, of this vacuum that they, that they feel and COVID and all the other things that are, are burdening us. Yeah, and. I was going to get to a bunch of that stuff. I just want to finish up some of the things here on this side of the world. Uh, do you think that Joe Biden is the right person to try to heal things? Because I think that over the last 20 years or so, we've seen uh, that there is a lack of diplomacy, a lack of political acumen uh, uh, amongst our leaders to get along with people on the other side of the aisle. And I don't know, maybe it's an era of social media. Maybe it's an era of extremism. Maybe it's an era of of, of blatant craziness sometimes. Uh, that doesn't allow people to just sit and have conversations anymore with those who have an R in front of their name or those who have a D in front of their name if they're on the opposite side of the aisle. Do you think that we can get back to a point where there can be real, peaceful discussion and diplomacy in a place like the Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives? It will take time. I think there's a lot of deep wounds that have to heal. Uh, But it's essential when you have the Senate 
you know, with a 50-50 split and the vice president having to cast a vote, it's not the way legislation should be arrived at. It has to be consensus-driven. Uh, and I think that many people in both houses will want to initiate a different era, will want to go back to more bipartisanship, um, in part because they need it, because the, also the divisions in the House are not that great, between the, are not that big between Democrats and Republicans. And also, they're already looking at the uh, off-year elections in two years, and when, with this balance, so you, they don't want to alienate the, the voters, which means that they have to produce, and certainly on issues like the like COVID and, and the reaction and the economic uh, disaster that we have now because of it, um, even though the stock market keeps going up, that, <laughs> which nobody can explain either. So I do think, and I, I, I do think Biden, who has a history of it when he was chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, uh, of working with both sides, but the question is, you know, the others, uh, the, there are a lot of people appointed that are, that are of concern, and the concern has been expressed publicly about some of the people and their history and some of the positions they've taken on Iran, on uh, Israel-related matters. Um, we will have to see how how all of this uh, comes together, but I think yeah. the initial emphasis is going to be on the domestic situation, as it should be, and the uh, putting the house in order. Um, and you know, we're going to have to see how all of this can gel. How the government itself, you know, which will take some time till everything's in order. Although they had six months in which they have already been. Uh, preparing and examining the all the executive orders they want to rescind and all the positions they want to take, um, and and also when it comes to Israel now, Israel facing an election also makes it yeah. more complicated. I was um, I, I was not in favor, obviously. I mean, who would? Well, who who? Which libertarian would be in favor of uh, President Trump being uh, banned from Twitter, Facebook, etc.? But you want to know something? I'm thinking to myself, and that's why I brought up social media in my earlier question. If government officials were not on social media and were not involved in this game of, of extreme comments and biting insults that go back and forth and stupid lines that are just you know misinterpreted or or you know are 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 completely blown out of proportion, if they weren't involved in all that, I think they'd have more of a chance of having normal, <laughs> uh, peaceful conversations uh, in Washington. I think the fact that our leaders are involved in this whole social media explosion. Which is so, which, which can be, and in this, and in the way I'm regarding it, is so detrimental. If they were not on it, it I, I think there'd be more of an opportunity to actually reach out to the other side. I, I do think that's true. You know, you can't, you know, put things up online and say that they remain, think they remain secret, or remain, right. and they're going to come back to haunt you years later, even as we've seen in many cases for, for people. Um, uh, and also, you can't deal with complex issues in 42 characters or whatever. It is. Right. And and that's part of the problem. And then people are trained down to express themselves and weigh every word. So you remove words, which can remove and change the meaning of things very dramatically. And finally, I saw a commentator on TV say that they... They, someone suggested we have to find common ground with these people, with the ones in Washington, with the ones who demonstrated this summer. We've got to find common ground. Otherwise, how do we move forward as a nation? The other one, the other commentator said, no, I, I have no common ground with these people. And if that's going to be the attitude going forward in this country, that there is no common ground, that there's no way to live you know, peacefully side by side with others, then we're in for a lot of trouble, frankly. 
I, I think not only do the government officials need to have a, a an attitude of common ground, but us as citizens, we as citizens, need to have it as well. And that's a uh, that, that's something that's important, not just for you know for our community to hear, for all communities to hear. And the tone is set by all those who are influential, aside from the political leaders and, and people on all both sides of the aisle have made outrageous comments and and um, accusations and uh, descriptions of, of their opponents. That are unacceptable, but religious leaders and educators, and you know, on our campuses, the fact that there's so much hate is being fomented, and and uh, we have you know reports from all over the country. You know, I looked at one uh, site, I think it was yesterday, uh, and I just looked at five stories in a row about uh, a man who was insulted in in Berlin. And about in Ukrainian demonstrations, the far right, they, they demanded that Israel apologize for the communist oppression. And Bahraini journalists saying that they are being bullied because they support the peace process. And, I mean, there was like five or six in a row that just make you, and then the Camp Auschwitz picture came, came right. after that. All in one site and one time. Uh, there's a lot going on, and we as a community have to be focused very carefully on all of this. And as, as we do our chesed, and we worry about those who have been affected by COVID and to make sure that, that uh, people are fed and basic needs are taken care of. Yeah. We, we as a country have to look at, these, at the bigger picture. And, you know, and it's left and right. It's not one side or the other. Some Lately, it's one side that was in focus. The summer was the other side in focus. And there, and then there are people who just exacerbate the situation, who take advantage of it, even if the vast majority of people there just are there to express their concerns, which is what America allows them to do. And finally, and I'll move on in a second, but I don't know, everything I just discussed, or we just discussed regarding you know moving forward, common ground, peacefulness, normal conversation. Sadly, I don't know if our media, not social media, I don't know if our media will allow it. I, I don't know. Because they live off of it. Yeah. It's what keeps people 24 hours a day. And they're so you know, dominant. On... They're so dominant now. And, yeah. and, and there's so little. It's so fractured. You know at this point what every network feels. You never you never knew that 25 years ago. You know basically you know everyone's point of view, what every newspaper, you know, what, what their point of view is and where they're coming from and why they write the headlines they do. I just don't know if they're ever going to to uh, allow uh, this country to um, – uh, to be uh, to be able to heal from all this. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. So, uh, apparently, Iran thinks it's a good idea and that it increases their bargaining power with both the U.S. and Europe, especially with a new U.S. leader coming in at the end of the month. Uh, they think it's a good idea to uh, enrich more uranium. Could you give us an update in terms of what Iran is doing, and maybe explain to us how this might help them as they feel it will politically. Well, first of all, there are always dual agendas when it comes to Iran. You can't look at things just on the surface. Uh, you know, from one hand, you have Zarif saying that Israel wants to instigate a war and is baiting in Iraq attacks on the U.S. so that the U.S. will 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 respond. You have... Um, as uh, multiple of activities, of course, they're continuing to instigate in the region, and we have more and more evidence of of it. They seized the Korean oil, uh, a Korean tanker, a chemical tanker, actually, um, off the coast of Oman, and they took it into the country. And it's mostly because the South Koreans are holding seven billion dollars of their 
uh, of their uh, uh, money. Uh, they're also initiating lawsuits uh, against the United States and Israel with the Suleimani uh, killing. And, you know, Hezbollah announces that they have double the rockets, which is because of this and, and the, uh, because of Iran and the, and, and the improved guidance systems that have been delivered, how much and stuff, we don't know. So Iran takes advantage of every opportunity, knowing the United States attention is deflected, seeing that the Europeans are weak. And this week, the three, France, Germany, and England, did come out against Iran on the increased enrichment that you raised. They're up to um, 20%, and, and you need 90% for a nuclear weapon, weapons-grade uranium. But to go from 3.5% to 5% is a big jump. To go from 5% to 10 and 10 to 20 is very significant. To go from 20 to 90 is purely technical. Oh, it's boy. no more, and you don't no more new ideas and stuff. So the breakout time has been reduced greatly. They are storing much more than what they were allowed to. It's not just the the purity is above the 3.67 percent and to 20 percent, but the amount that they were supposed to have, and we know that they reactivated Fordo, which I've warned about for a long time on the show, and now we, we see others are finally picking up the, the cudgels of, of, uh, of this, and that Iran, um, despite the, the criticism from uh, French, Germany, UK, is demanding the United States. They, they can't negotiate anything with the United States except nuclear things. That's in the bill that the Marshalls uh, dealt with, and the Marshalls ordered them to restore all of the um, the nuclear program, they have a thousand centrifuges. By their admission, they're saying that they that they have uh, uh, these uh, additional cascades uh, operating, which is far beyond what they were uh, supposed to have as well. So we have a situation where Iran is able to to move, you know, on its own. Uh, the administration's message, the incoming administration's message may be misinterpreted or may be interpreted right, where they're saying that they, they want to get back in the JCPOA, but they want compliance. The question is, what comes first? Uh, if they, in fact, remove the sanctions, the United States this week sanctioned, again, uh, metal and other industries that are helping the, uh, the, the nuclear program, uh, and, and general lack of attention to the nuclear program, should be of concern to everybody because this is, I mean, this can change the Middle East. It will certainly start the, the arms race and they, they're cutting their breakout time uh, very significantly. And so we, uh, all of us should be taking much more account of, of this. And I know it sounds very technical when you start talking about, you know, enrichment and the, the facilities and whether Fordo or Natanz or whatever, the fact is that the, the Iranians I know that they are very vulnerable, and if the West continues to keep the pressure on them, then we can we can try and force them because they're on the verge of economic collapse. If we bail them out again, then understand we will pay um, uh, the the price very severely for it. What what is the price for reentry into the JCPOA? What is the what, what will they go back to the original? conditions, meaning cutting back enrichment, the, the stockpiles. The, no, but I, I'm saying, is there going to be a big payment from the U.S. to Iran if that happens? Will they be setting Well, them we up? are holding a lot of resources. We've frozen a lot of assets, so they're demanding the release of those those assets, like last time. Um, right, you know, so, the, so the Obama deal was like a one-time payment? Like that was just, you know, we're, we're sending yeah. you... We're sending you this money, and we want to... Well, we haven't made any more payments in 
in four years. Right, that's uh, what I'm saying. Opposite. So if there's, a, if there's a re-entry, Biden says, okay, it's time to re-enter. You know, I mean, they've got to be nuts in Iran not to hold the U.S. hostage for some, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, frankly. Well, they say they want compensation for all of the uh-huh. sanctions and that they, it's Iran says this, right. that they want compensation for all of the sanctions, that they want, um, you know, com- admission of guilt and an apology on the killing of Soleimani and I guess Farzadeh. And they, I mean, they are, they're putting demands up as if they are in the, the driver's seat. They are not. And, and only if we keep the pressure on them, only if we continue to show them that we're prepared to make these, you know, really strong and, and bold measures, because they will read the administration. That's what they're going to act upon is their perception of whether the administration is going to react. Will the, uh, the new administration, will the new Congress, you know, really take the steps um, and necessary. We see also on the ballistic missile program moving ahead. That's another thing that that has to be addressed. And and the the question is: Are are we going to send the right messages? Are we going to get the time necessary to to hold them to account? Yeah, I hear that. Malcolm, could you give us a Sudan update, and could you give us a Qatar update? Yeah. So Sudan uh, did quietly sign the uh, the peace accords, like uh, Bahrain and, and UAE. And um, Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin was there uh, for a day. They had they did it very low key. Yeah, why is that? Um, not to incite uh, the opposition within the country and outside. And um, you know what's you funny? Know. Someone said to me yesterday, "You don't realize the difference between the UAE and Bahrain. Bahrain wants to keep things really on the down low." You know, you, you walked around in the UAE with the yarmulke. I don't know if it's the same thing in Bahrain. It's, it's funny. You know, we think we some of us think that the that these countries are all the same, or that their attitudes are all the same, especially when they open diplomatic channels to Israel. But there's still some who would like to be as reserved as possible. Well, like Morocco is is being reserved, and they're also the, the Saudis, others. They're all waiting to see what this administration, the new administration, will do. Will they pick up, you know, this right. uh, process and continue to press for it? Will they? Uh, you know, as they have said, go after Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and others over human rights issues. Will they, um, you know, allow Iran to come back in? Which I think will drive them further in the process because they will need Israel more, and Israel will need them more. And if they have a united front, it can do be much more effective um, in in dealing with Iran and and the regional threat that that it poses. Right. Um, so Sudan. Um, remember, Khartoum is the place of the three no's. So seeing them sign the deal there was especially significant for those who remember and those who don't, look it up. And then um, in terms of Qatar, uh, we don't have a full explanation yet of what it means. Qatar is a very troublesome country. On the one hand, Israel cooperates with them uh, because they give money to Hamas, which may sound strange, but Israel wants you know the the doesn't want to see it collapse there, and uh, Qatar is the one that's been willing to to give money. On the other hand, they have they are aligned with Iran and Turkey on on instances. They have been involved in a very intense conflict with Saudi Arabia. There was a boycott which has been dropped, but we haven't seen whether will they modify Al Jazeera? Will they stop funding other terrorist entities? Um, we'll have to see what kind of behavior. Uh, Qatar engages in. I think people were tired of the conflict, and the polls show that that you know people wanted to see it resolved. So this is um, in advance of a new administration again, a motivation for them right. not to be focused on those issues. I think Yemen 
is going to be uh, an issue in which all of them then will now look to see if they can get some resolution or get a way to pull out. Does Joe Biden, and if he does, who do you think it'll be, name a new ambassador to Israel? Of course he's going to name a new ambassador. Uh, He's not going to keep them, uh, Mr. Friedman. And there are five or six candidates uh, who I know are vying for it, Uh, but we don't know who's going to be. They're not up to that yet. Names that we'd be familiar with? Some of them. Mm. Hmm. Sounds mysterious. Uh, speaking of Israel, there's an election coming up at the end of March. Really? Have you been told or did you see the story that the Netanyahu trial is now scheduled for the week of the election? <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> well, the court refused to change the dates, as, as I recall reading. And um, But look at how mercurial the situation is there with the different alliances or potential alliances or people running separately. You have so many parties, I think nine, ten already, that are are out there. Uh, The left seems disorganized. The right seems to be in conflict with itself. um, It'll sort itself out in time. I think there are always these flash, you know, when some new candidate comes up and all of a sudden the polls show that overnight they get six seats, eight seats, whatever, and then it settles down. Uh, and then there are others. We've seen a lot of uh, new parties emerge over the years that right. run for one or two elections. Um, but there's certainly, you know, the, this is an election about BB. This is pro and con. BB. Well, here, here's what it says here. It says no. it says that the uh, because the trial was postponed because of the coronavirus lockdown, coronavirus lockdown, the uh, postponement could push the calling of the witnesses to right before or right after election day. That would be quite a scene. They're going, you know, they're they're campaigning, and and in the press, they get to you know report on all the people that are you know coming as witnesses against Netanyahu. Or it may help them. They show that they don't have much to bring against them. Mm. But um, but you know that they announced yesterday, last night, late last night, that Netanyahu announced that they're going to inoculate everybody above the age of sixteen by the end of March. Wow which also comes before the election and right before the trial. Right. Uh, he said we're going to be the first country in the world to do that, although I do think Palau announced that they've inoculated both of their citizens. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't have a minion, huh? <laughs> no, they do, but they're, they're very good supporters of Israel, right. but very small. You know, they're right. our own nations also that uh, I'm sure will had they get a hold? Had, had they get a hold of the vaccine? What was their strategy? Uh, I don't know which vaccine it is, and I don't know... Uh, you know whether what what the limits are and what what standards they're using is to to be able to make the claim. But for Israel, it means everybody over the age of fourteen, as you know, they they're leading the world in the number of, yeah. of inoculations, and they signed a deal with Pfizer yesterday that will enable them to import many more uh, vaccines. Uh, there was a condition attached to that. Uh, Pfizer wanted as much data as possible from the Israeli uh, Kupot Cholim in exchange for that, which, of course, I'm sure you know it's going to be granted. But it does show you that there is a va- – I mean, I saw this in the Times article over the weekend also. They said there's a va- – it's not just that Israel got lucky in terms of the, you know, the p- paying more money and, and planning early, et cetera. Also, the companies are anxious to sell to them because of the organized data they could provide. 
because of the Kupat Cholim. And uh, by the way, this is not just true in this instance. This has been true, and I had some exposure to the, the various industries, um, pharma. But big data today is the big source of, of profit for most companies. Right. Good point. Good point. And, and that's certainly true here. Yeah. Listen, I looked at the Daily Alert. And I took one screenshot because if you do the daily alert, you know you'd have to take like twelve screenshots to get through the whole daily, you know, uh, uh, daily segment that you produce. You can go we to th- don't anymore, and it's on only twice a week now. Yeah, it's but produced what do you mean? by the JC uh, by the Jerusalem Senate. We do we don't partner in it anymore. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was going to give you a lot of credit. Anyway, uh, go to. I'm sure you still recommend people go there, right? Absolutely. So go to dailyalert.org. The reason I'm, I, I wanted to point this out, I took one screenshot, right? So it's a small portion of yesterday's daily alert, and in that one screenshot, listen to these three stories: Israel developed facial authentication will secure financial transactions. Number two, Israeli firm develops drone jamming technology. Number three, Israeli firm invents breathable skin substitute to treat burns. What amazing positive stories these are. Incredible what's going on in Israel. And in so many different areas, from from military technology, which I assume the drone jamming is, to facial authentication, to skin substitutes to use medically so people can, can go on with their lives after having serious burns and injuries. Anyway, I just had to point that out. Well, no, it's very important because, you know, these, as I said, all of these stories get so obfuscated, and uh, the Daily Alert does try to look, and very valuable that they do this, um, to highlight to people, and there are websites, others that focus just on this, Israel 21C, others that um, look at all the new innovations um, that, that are being developed in every area from drones that they, they're, they're a new sales to um, India, Greece, other countries, military, the joint U.S.-Israel cooperation in these areas because this little country is producing stuff so fast, and, and I, I forgot the amount of money, but there was a huge influx of funds in December again, despite COVID, into the high-tech, uh, high-tech investments um, in Israel. So yes, it's a it's a story that gets completely uh, overlooked, and to see how much, and that's one of the reasons that drives the the other Arab countries and others to come together with Israel because they know it's a wellspring of innovation and technology that they can use and that is applicable, aside from the other issues on the agenda. And at the same time, people should look not just at the future but at the past, at the amazing discoveries that are being made about past Jewish history. And rewriting a lot of it about the yeah. the um, you know our, the length of the time that the Jews lived in Israel, the Israelites, etc. Uh, we see history rewritten almost every day there. Here's the statistic: Israeli tech companies, which raised a record 8.3 billion in 2019, raised over 10.6 billion in 2020, including here's the number you're looking for: over 900 million in the month right. of December. Unbelievable, Malcolm 50 50. In Washington, it is amazing what God does to run this world. It's amazing what he decides to do and the machinations that he puts forth in order to get this uh, this world to operate the way he wants. Because when you think about it, this whole runoff thing uh, that started in Georgia decades ago was, was done you know, for a variety of reasons that they thought would be a good idea in terms of uh, you know, voting patterns down there. And, and look, all these decades later, it plays such an important role in creating a 50-50 Senate and such a crazy situation. And maybe it will remind people the importance of every vote yeah. 
and that people now go and register. No excuses. They can't say they don't know. They see we're in a 50-50 situation, but, but in every state, every place counts. You never know which one will make a difference. People should register and go to vote, get involved. Don't No excuses. They can't say they didn't know. They see it every day. And, you know, it's really imperative that people learn the lesson of this period and take positive action as a result. Yeah, 100%. I thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. We call it the weekly update. Friday morning broadcast, Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shmos, candlelighting at 426 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, 426 in New York. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh um, Shvat is Thursday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be one day. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is Thursday. Um, a one day Rosh Chodesh. This time each and every Friday morning, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmos. While there are no mitzvos of the Tariag in Parshas Shmos, Parshas Shmos in this Sefer, which the Ramban calls Sefer HaGeula, the book of our redemption, because we have, beginning in this week's Parsha, the servitude in Mitzrayim, the fulfillment of that which Hashem said to Avram at the Bris Ben Absorim, chapter 15 in Bereshis, that that your children are going to be strangers in a land which is not theirs. They're going to be enslaved. And they're going to be persecuted. For 400 years, and we know that we were able to uh, literally do this entire servitude in 210 years. So in this book comes, one, the servitude, two, in Parshas, Bo and Beshalach, the actual Yitzias Mitzrayim, and in, uh, after that in Yisro, we have the Aseris Hadibros, and finally at the end of the book, the Ramban says the building of the Mishkan, because that brought back Hashem's Shechina, his presence to the Jewish people as it was with here on earth with Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and that is our complete Ka'ula. Interestingly, the Bahag refers to this Sefer, Sefer Shmos, as Sefer Sheni, the second book of the Torah. Namely, that the first book, which is the Sefer Yitzira, the creation of the world and the creation of the Jewish people, but we were through Vayechi seeing the formation of the Jewish family. From the Jewish family of 70 that came down to Egypt, we go in the book of Shmos to the Yitzira, the formation of the Jewish nation. And that's why Ve'ele. And this is the continuation in the second book of the first book of the Torah. Keeping that in mind, I'd like to build upon this concept 
of the second book being a continuation of the first in the following way. In chapter 3, in this week's parasha, we find Hashem encounters Moshe at the sneh, the burning bush. And we know what happens there. Hashem tells Moshe, I have heard, I'm ready to act, you are my man. Moshe, this is your tafkid, this is your mission now in life. How old is Moshe? Approximately 79 years old, when he is going to be taking them out uh, a year later at 80. So he's approaching his 80th birthday, and his tafkid is, one, go to Mizraim, negotiate with Paro, two, take them out, three, bring them to Sinai, four, bring them to Eretz Yisrael. Wow, what a uh, tafkid, what a fantastic um, uh, mission Moshe is given for him to please God, fulfill as his purpose in life. What happens? Hashem says, Moshe, you're my man. And Moshe's immediate response is, Mi who am I that I shall represent the Jewish people? Hashem therefore says to him in the next verse, No, Zelochaos, this shall be the sign that you are the person who will take the Jewish people out of Egypt, when you take them out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain, Ta'avdun, in 50 days, 50 days from the Exodus, will be Kabbalah Satora. That will vindicate, and that way you'll know that I am the one that's sending you, etc. Now watch. Zel Rashi explains that right now, Moshe asked, even if I am your man, what benefit, what schusim do the Jewish people have? And Hashem says, Moshe, you're right. But you know what? They will accept the Torah on this mountain. And in the merit of what they're going to do in the future, the future is going to vindicate the present. The future is going to have influence on the present, which is an amazing idea, which I hope we'll be able to return to. Think about it. We're familiar with every Shmona Esrei, we begin the Shmona Esrei with Avos, saying to Hashem, Zocher Chazdei Avos. He remembers that which those that came before us, their kindness, their chesed, and their observance of Torah mitzvos accrues for us benefit. But that's the past helping us in the present. That the future can help us? Wow! That only Hashem knows, and that, if you think about it, is the concept of tshuva. What does tshuva mean? Tshuva says, Hashem, don't look at me now the way I am. Look at me the way I aspire to be. Look at me the way I hopefully will be. And if I will fulfill and live up to my expectation, wow, the way I'm going to be in the future, Hashem should look upon and judge me now. This is one way really according to Rashi, of Zelochos. I'd like to share with you, however, the Meshachachma. And the Meshachachma says that when Moshe says, Miani, who am I? Hashem says to him, Zeh, this very Midah, your very attribute of Anivus, of humility, this for you 
is going to be the factor enabling you to fulfill your mission. Moshe, what is your greatness? So, I would have thought when the Torah has to list the greatness of Moshe, it would have described him in terms of, as we know from this week's parsha, his altruism, his going out and helping the needy, his feeling for the slaves. The Torah in parshas Baaloscha, Vioish Moshe, Onav Maod, Mikolo Adam, Asher Adama. Moshe is singled out for his humility. Moshe is singled out for his ability to literally put himself, quote, second, not at the epicenter of the world, but by putting God at the center of the world. That is the greatness of Moshe, because the more you're able to lessen your importance in your own eyes, but bring Hashem in, you're going to have greater Hashkocha Pratis, divine uh, providence. And therefore, I'd like to suggest as follows, that just as in the book of Bereshis, the Rambam was teaching us again and again, Ma'aseyavos Simon Lebanim, what happens in Bereshis is really a portent of what's going to happen in the future for the Jewish people. I'd like to suggest that in chapter 3 of this week's parasha, when we read about Hashem and Moshe encountering Hashem, stop take out Moshe's name and put in your name. Each and every Jew is to see their own self having that individual encounter with Hashem. And while Moshe was told precisely what his mission is, we don't know what our mission is. However, in order to best fulfill what our mission is, we have to be like Moshe. What does that mean? We have to have and work on our humility. And by so doing, we will have greater success in life. Now, you can ask yourself the obvious question. How could it be that Moshe, who was the only one who spoke to Hashem, ponim el ponim, literally, face-to-face, as two humans would speak one to another. No other human being ever had that experience. How could he be the most modest man? And certainly on one level, the answer is, because the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. And that was what Moshe was able to focus on, that which he doesn't know. And therefore, he was able to have this great anava. The Rambam writes in chapter 5 of Hilchos Tshuva, a person dare not believe that when they are born, it's already determined from the time of his birth what kind of an individual is he going to be. Is he going to be a tzaddik or a rasha, good or bad? No, says the Ramam Eina Dovrakain. Elokoladam, chapter 5, Allah 2. Koladam, each person. Ra'u'i lo is fitting and able. Leos tzaddik. 
Kimosha Rabbeinu. When the Torah says, Lo kum Kimosha Od, there never was, there never will be another person like Moshe, it means as far as prophecy is concerned. But just as Moshe fulfilled his potential, each and every one of us is called upon to try to actualize our potential as well. So, what does that mean? So I'd like to give you some reading, whereby go to the commentary of the Radak on the opening verse of the book of Yoshua. And there, Vayhi Acharei Mos Moshe, it was after Moshe passed and who is Moshe? Says the first pasuk in Yoshua, Eber Hashem, the servant of God. On that verse, what does that mean? Eber Hashem. What does it mean that Moshe was the servant of Hashem? And I quote the Radak. Misha sum kol kocho v'kavonaso v'chol hashkachosav. Bashem Yisborach, a person who puts all his efforts, Af Bisasko Olam. Whatever you're involved in, whatever your vocation is, and you're not exactly sure what your tafkid is in this world, your tafkid is whatever you're doing, channel it towards God. And that's what is called an Ever Hashem. And that's what Moshe did. It was all cha- channeled his life by having Hashem at the center. I hope that all of us are going to get the vaccine whenever we're able to so do. After all, there's a mitzvah of Ushmartim Sechem. We are we have a responsibility to keep the body that Hashem gifted us healthy. We have a responsibility towards others, in no way to God forbid impart any to be a carrier of sickness to others, okay? When a person is privileged to get the vaccine, what should he say? So I'd like to send you and recommend that you take a look in Orachayim, Hilchos Brachos. This is the second volume of the Mishnah Brura, Simon, Kuf, Simon Reish Lamid, chapter 230, Halacha Dalid. The Mechaber writes, A person who's coming in for, be it Hakozas Dam, or as the Mishnah Brura says, any kind of refua, any kind of healing, before the procedure, what should he say? May it be your will, Hashem Elokai, Shehei Eisek Refua. So Zayin Rafua, you should say, Hashem, please let this be for Rafua, Kirofe Chinam Atta, because you are the, literally, you are the true healer. And after, that's what you say before you get the vaccine, afterwards you say, Baruch Rofe Cholim. And what are you doing? You are bringing God very much into your life, into the actual every day. What's an honor? One who learns from everybody. The Gemara in Sota teaches on Sota Daf Yud Beis Omer Aleph, that Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi, in chapter 2 of this week's parsha, that Amram, Moshe's father, when Paro decreed that all the male children should be thrown into the Nile, 
he divorced Yochever and said, how dare I bring children into the world that will only be killed. And everybody followed him because the Gemara says he was the God of Ador. What does it mean to be an of, to learn from everybody, even a young child? He took rebuke from Miriam, and Miriam said to her father, Abba, what are you doing? Come on. After all, Para only decreed on the males, and you're decreeing on males and females. And Paro is only decreed for this world, and your decree is for this world and the next. And Paro, who is a Russia, perhaps his decree will be fulfilled, perhaps not. You're at Sadiq, and when you decree, it is fulfilled. And what did he do? Omad, he stood up. Herzir is Ishto, he took his wife back. Omdukulam, Herzir is to learn from everybody. Amram wasn't too proud to learn from his young daughter. The idea, as we started, will end. What does it mean that the future affects the present? You and I as individuals, we live and we focus on past, present, future. But to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all one. It's only in the realm of Teva, in nature, that you have these three um, time frames. He, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is L'malum and Teva. If you look in the Beis HaMikdash, there were constant miracles, as we find in the fifth chapter of Avos. Why? The more Shechina that's there, the more L'malum and Ateva, the more you don't have these uh, guidelines of the strict nature. Similarly, if man is making himself like Moshe Rabbeinu, and Eved Hashem. If man is focusing on not himself, as they say tongue-in-cheek, as found right before the Aseris Adibros in Vo'eschanan, says Moshe, Onochi, I stood I stood between you and God, meaning the Onochi, a person's gaiva, a person's thinking too much of himself, that too often gets in the way of his personal and religious growth, which are to learn and from this week's parsha that when you work on yourself, listen to others, don't always think that I am right. And the idea is having that, quote, open mind and being willing to bring Hashem in all the more, being willing to Ezu Chacham Halomimikol Adam, then here too you are bringing in more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into your life, and that will help you succeed in whatever tafkud you have. You're going to be able to succeed and do it better because you're going to have his Hashkocha Pratis. It's called Sefer Hasheni because what took place in the first book, that Maisa Ovos Simon Lebanim, is taking place in the second book as we read tomorrow. Moshe had his encounter with Hashem, and I wish everybody there, personal Hatzlacha, with their encounter in Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharet, Malachi
with Micha Gammerman and his Lil Shabbat medley. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Naomi Nachman coming up at 9 a.m. Just eight minutes from now. Naomi Nachman with a brand new edition of Table for Two. Uh, today, Naomi will feature Amy Zeidelman, CEO at Sum Food, to discuss the tahini table. Abraham and Samantha, owners of Masuda Omakasa. <laughs> I'm sure I pronounced that improperly. Uh, with special guest sushi tasters Naomi Ross and Gabriella Nachman and Miriam Schreiber of Legacy Kosher Tours. All part of Table for Two coming up next, 9 a.m. Eastern time here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Erev Shabbos show is uh, sponsored by our friends at Kedem, presented by Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos music mix, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. That's coming up at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Final hour, about 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's all happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And I thank you all for tuning in. Our friends and partners in Torah remind you that one of the most rewarding experiences you can have is being a partner under the uh, umbrella, so to speak, of partners in Torah. Those of you who are um, who have the potential to be a uh, mentor to somebody else, uh, now would be an amazing opportunity to take advantage and to um, really enhance and enhance your life and be inspired by being a mentor. If you want to be a student and enhance your connection to our heritage and tradition, same thing. You contact Partners in Torah. Partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and the number two. Partners in Torah, a uh, wonderful way to build even more inspiration in your lives, whether you're a student or a mentor. Simple as that. 1-800-STUDY-42 or partnersintorah.org. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today and enjoy. 
Um, I want to remind everybody, our Kosher Halftime Show is brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm. Thank you to the Rothenberg family. Kosher, kosher. Uh, yeah, Kosher Halftime Show presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, InjuryLawyer.com. And right now we're looking for positive images of 2020. We've uh, harped a lot about the negatives of 2020. How about some positives? Do you have pictures and videos from bar mitzvahs and weddings and engagements and brisson and and birthday parties and any good occasion, any happy occasion that took place during 2020? If you do, send those pictures and videos to Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Use subject line NSN positive moments, NSN positive moments. Again, that's uh, Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, NSN positive moments. You might be included in this year's Kosher Halftime Show. How cool would that be? Time to say good job is with Journeys at JM and the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday air of Shabbos at JM in the AM. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is Thursday. Keep that in mind. The New York area, candlelighting at 426. Thanks so much for tuning in. Ah, um, <laughs> Naomi Nachman next with a brand new edition of Table for Two. Kedem presents our Erev Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek. Kedem presents the Erev Shabbos music mix. Kedem presents the final hour. All happening today on NSN. Tomorrow night, it's Avrami with Saturday Night Siegel. He'll have Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler with him as well. And Amatis with JM Sunday coming up Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. It'll be live. Make sure to join Matis for that. And I'll speak to you Monday. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.